This is the Ebon Hawk Podcast. Spoiler alert for the Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films and TV shows. there. Welcome to the Ebon Hawk, a podcast discussing Star Wars news and Knights of the Old Republic. Today we are joined by Astrodroid, and this is it. We are pitching the KOTOR trilogy. Listen up, Disney and Lucasfilm. We are helping you out for free. Spoiler alert for the Knights of the Old Republic series and the Star Wars films and TV shows. This is where the KOTOR cinematic universe begins. All right, Astrodroid. Um, thank you for coming Hello. on today. Thank so. you for having me. I appreciate it. Long time coming, and now it's here. So, absolutely, absolutely excited. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to have you. Uh, so, to get started, we just wanted to ask you, what is your favorite Star Wars trilogy? Uh, so, my favorite Star Wars trilogy. Now, I love them all but i did grow up with the original trilogy so i'm gonna to have to go with with that one the original uh is near and dear to me it's the one i grew up on and uh it's the one i fell in love with star wars with oh nice and then who is your favorite star wars trio uh, a lot of good a lot of good options and i think that the the trios kind of kind of change and are uh you know kind of fluid throughout the films but gotta go with the classic uh luke leia and han uh for my favorite yeah Solid choices. Coden, what about you? Who's, what's your favorite trilogy and trio? Uh, the, uh, so I'd, I'd have to say the original trilogy as well. Uh, just, uh, just being the original and just the attention to detail in the story and everything. I, uh, I like the sequel trilogy, or not the sequel, the, <laughs> the prequel trilogy a lot too. Uh, just the, the, again, attention to detail and just uh, the amount of time spent with like, developing characters and everything the uh the best star wars trio in my opinion i i i think i would side with han luke and obi-wan just because there's there's kind of a well it's a pretty similar dynamic between luke han and leia but there's a little bit more of just kind of like the the crazy but wise old man kind of mixed in with the kind of the irresponsible teenager I don't know, I kind of like that dynamic a little bit. I think the original trilogy is the most solid trilogy. But, I mean, I did grow up with the prequel trilogy. The prequels aren't as consistent, I would say, but they have some really good world building. And I do like how it's probably the closest we'll get to on screen to something like a Greek tragedy so I, I do like that, but I would say I would give the edge to the original trilogy. And then my favorite Star Wars trio is probably Obi-Wan, Anakin, and Padme. I, I just think that it's probably because they're who I grew up with. And it's just an interesting dynamic, I would say. 
I have a follow-up question just for just for kicks. Um, Astro with uh, with your sure. name, which which Astro yeah. Droid inspired your name? Oh, uh, R2D2, absolutely. Uh, he's my uh, favorite character in all of Star Wars. Um, I was just really kind of connected with them ever since I was a little kid. So, um, yeah, R2 Droid and, and really all the droids. Um, one of my favorite parts of the. Uh, the saga for sure i was worried you're gonna say r4 because he's oh. a little incompetent of a asteroid <laughs> <laughs> i i honestly thought it was the mouse droid but yeah oh, well. so r2's awesome so we just did a we just did a comparative like kotor parallel with uh, uh the t3h8 and t3m4 with uh r4 and r2d2 so that that was fun yeah absolutely so. Yeah. Love the drugs. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's just take a quick break and we'll be back and talk about the trio of KOTOR. We kind of talked about trios of the trilogies and kind of our favorite dynamics. Um, I just wanted to start by asking you, Astro, who do you think the trio of uh, KOTOR trilogy would be? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the kind of when you're going through KOTOR, just just naturally, I think you have that trio of uh, your character, or Revan, uh, Karthum Bastila, but I think um, in an adaptation, it's you know going to really sort of be dependent kind of on where you're where you're going and how you want to develop those stories. So I think that that for me, I think you know a main trio of Revan, Karth, and Bastila. But then I'd like to see that kind of change up and almost get um, you know some smaller trios as you move around uh, through the worlds, just to kind of help to you know flesh out the story a little bit better because you know there's ten characters and we need to have them all kind of interact in, in some meaningful way. So I think I think it just needs to be a little bit fluid that way. Yeah, absolutely. Coden, what what's your take? So I'm I'm also kind of on the mindset of Revan, Bastila, and Karth. Uh, I just think that between the three of them, they have I, I think the most relevant dialogue to just the kind of the core story. And I think it would just work best to primarily follow those three, though I think to still have little little inserts of some of the other characters is important. I, I still think that the stories would focus or would work the best just focusing on those three. So I think we have a consensus because I think that the best trio for a KOTOR adaptation would be... Revan, Bastila, and Karth as well, because the the main story kind of revolves around them. With Revan, you have a great arc, and I would say with Bastila, she kind of affects a lot of the story, and Karth is along with you the whole way, and he has to kind of deal and grapple with a lot. It would be a fascinating trio to 
kind of watch throughout a potential KOTOR trilogy. I do think you can definitely incorporate different characters at different times, uh, because Bastila will kind of leave your party for a bit, and you can incorporate different characters, kind of have some different interactions. Um, I mean, we do kind of play around with, like, maybe, like, some some characters, like, maybe won't necessarily be with you the entire time, but they'll affect the story and kind of, like, enter and leave when it when it serves the story best, you know? But we can, we can talk about that uh, more in the future. But I, I do think they're a solid trio, and I think with uh, Revan and Basila, too, you have a great male and female dynamic. Like, I would say that Revan is the lead character, but I wouldn't say that Bastila is just a foil to him. Like, she's a... a major character and she's not just kind of like reacting to what he does you know so everyone's character is uh developed and the more i play kotor the more i kind of learn to kind of understand what makes karth tick too so i was just going to say and i think it's i think if you're if you're building the story kind of around uh those three and then you know it's easy to you know bring in Candorous because have kind of the shared background with, with Revan or later on um, after you meet Jolie and he's, you know, sort of kind of the, the flip side of, you know, he's left the Jedi order and things. So just, just to kind of get some different perspective. And I, I think that that trio can, can change up a little bit throughout, um, throughout a film trilogy for sure. But, but yeah, definitely. I think uh, Karth Revan and Bastila for me. Yeah, I think Candorous is a great source of like good Mandalorian backstory uh, uh, from the different kind of side characters that are part of your party. Uh, he definitely has the most to offer. And so it would make sense to use his character to kind of bring a little bit more depth in between like what led Revan to, to get to the point of the beginning of the story. But it would be weird to not have Revan as the main character. Say, for example, if they decided to, you know, go go this other direction and put Basil as the main character, it would just be a little bit odd and it wouldn't quite flow for the Kotor story. And it would definitely have to be Revan as the main character in this one. I mean, I think that Revan, Basil, and Karth would kind of be the main characters. And I think, like, when you're watching... The Force Awakens, I would say that Finn and Rey were kind of equally leads in that film. And then it, that was kind of not the way it happened going forward. I would say, like, Revan is definitely the character you're kind of seeing the story through their eyes. Because you're experiencing the, the story th from that point of view. So if it... If they did follow Bastila's point of view, like, the twist wouldn't really be a twist. So, I guess what I mean is, like, it's kind of like they, like, Revan and Bastila are bonded. So, uh, Bastila's kind of not just there to be a foil to Revan, but I would say, like, she kind of is the heart of the story, even if she's not, like, the lead. Like, she's not the Harry Potter of Harry Potter. Cool. 
not to bring Harry Potter <laughs> into it, but... <laughs> and before we move on to our next topic, I was just thinking about a post I made on our Instagram that was kind of incorporated Anakin giving a pair to Padme through the Force, and guess what that got me thinking of? It got me thinking of apples, and which made me think about Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So I was just thinking, like, if you guys want to help us out, like, if you want to, like, give us a pair through the Force, what we appreciate is people reviewing us on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts because it helps us out through, like, some algorithm that I don't understand, but when you review it and subscribe, it helps more people enjoy the Ebon Hawk podcast and see the Ebon Hawk podcast, so. Just don't be as awkward as There's Anakin, a lot. Because gee whiz. I mean, sand, you know? Sand and pears and just everything. Yeah. So that was our plug this time. So Star Wars trilogies. This is going to be a, a fun topic. So... Here we're going to talk about how Star Wars trilogies are set up and how we would set up a KOTOR trilogy. I just wanted to start out by saying that I got help with this structure from my friend Ian. And he was an old friend of mine from a screenwriting class and maybe someday. It hasn't quite worked out that he's been able to be on, but um, maybe someday. Because... We've been trying since, like, the Hero's Journey episode, but he was telling me about the pattern for for Star Wars trilogies, and he said that the pattern at the beginning of each Star Wars trilogy, you kind of have a heroic journey. So the Phantom Menace and New Hope and The Force Awakens, they're your hero's journey, where a hero or heroine is brought to the front and they kind of experience a Campbellian hero's journey. And then two, Attack of the Clones, and five, Empire Strikes Back, and eight, The Last Jedi, are kind of your genre films. And two, of course, is kind of a detective film noir. You have Obi-Wan trying to track down you're trying to track down Jango Fett, find out who the murderer is, and then find this army. Where is this army coming from? And then you have Anakin and Padme kind of in like a film noir relationship, that kind of that building. And then, and then with Empire Strikes Back, it's kind of a hard one to crack, but it's kind of like what lies beneath it's kind of an examination in parallelism, I would say. And this quote uh, comes from Ian, and he says, Empire is a tough one, as it was the first to explore a theme approach past the first heroic journey, but it is there. The most clearest theme, in my opinion, is what lies beneath the surface. Yoda equals Jedi, master. Lando equals betrayer. Vader equals father. Leia, the force user slash deeper connection, Han equals lover and sacrifice, Ben equals liar and Luke, the new unknown, which is why the Jedi starts out in a brief mystery with him 
in black. Has he turned to the dark side like his father? We're to ask, no, in this chapter, it's redemption using parallelism. And then with eight, The Last Jedi, it's kind of like a kung fu film. Rey kind of has to prove, like, if you ever see, like, kung fu films, you have a student who's looking for a master, and at first the master is like, I will not teach you, you know? And then they end up getting taught, and then Poe kind of has the same uh, story to an extent, too. And then with three, six, and nine, you have the redemption or fall, and it's really just a fall in the case of Revenge of the Sith, and with... Um, Return of the Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, you have a redemption. And I would say that, like, the genre allows you to explore characters more and in different situations than you would expect, which is, like, why I think the second iteration in each trilogy is the most fascinating, I would say. But Astro, mm -hmm. um, how would you break down a KOTOR trilogy? Um, yeah, so I think... I think you're probably going to start it off, um, you know, the same way that all of the other trilogies started off, um, kind of a hero's journey, you know, we're uh, uh, kind of waking up on the, the end of our spire, don't really know what's going on, and um, then we're kind of set on this journey, you know, you know picking up uh, kind of skills and, you know, our cast of characters along the way um, until... Um, I think you get through Terrace and Don Tween and it kind of ends there where you're you're with the Jedi Council and you're kind of set on this journey to go find the uh, star maps and kind of figure this thing out. So I think it's definitely, um, in my eyes, needs to kind of play along those same lines as the rest of the uh, Star Wars trilogies and open up on that hero's journey. How would you like handle like maybe a second and third movie in the trilogy? Yeah, so I think... Um, I think I, I really like along the lines of the the prequels, kind of that, you know, film noir, uh, more detective style of uh, storytelling as we're going through looking for uh, different star maps, you know, on Tatooine, Kashyyyk, um, Manan, um, kind of up to the Leviathan where, you know, hunting for clues and uh, traveling, you know, from planet to planet, um, getting a little bit more, you know, backstory on some of the characters, but uh, really sort of... Uh, kind of playing into those more uh, mystery tropes, trying to figure out the history of these things, where they came from, uh, who put them there, um, and why all of these people are starting to recognize you as you're finding them. And then um, to, to kind of wrap it up, um, you know, I think it's, it's going to uh, be redemption. Um, certainly, um, we have kind of the, the fall of Bastila, but um, she's redeemed through the end. Um, and I know in the game you can play it out a couple of different ways, but I would think, um, in my mind at least, that a film is going to um, give our characters a good redemption arc, and that kind of plays nicely going forward um, with any uh, sort of furthering adaptations. But um, kind of going, you know, maybe starting a third film at Korriban there at the uh, Sith Temple um, all the way up to the Star Forge. So seeing uh, the characters kind of at their at their low point there after you know Basila uh, leaves the party um, and coming back through that redemption arc. Great takes, Coden. How would you break it down? Oh, this is pretty tough. Um, I'd with with how many characters and and planets there are to to break it down. Like there's gonna be there's gonna have to be a lot of cuts, but 
I, I kind of would want to see a similar structure to A New Hope as the first film where we where I mean, we spend as much time as we need to on Terrace and then we just kind of jump through some of these acts like really quick to get to the climax. But I know that it would be more interesting to get off Terrace in the middle of the movie and not reserve like getting off Terrace as part of the climax. But that would also lead to the possibility of having to extend to finding the first star map on Dantooine. Uh, because there's there's a lot of great points where you could kind of give a good resolution to a self-contained story. Trying to find a way to kind of fit all that together, though, because that, that is a lot of content to get all the way up to the point where you find the first star map. Like, to you'd have to... Like in my perspective, if it were up to me, I'd end up cutting Zalbar and... And... Uh, oh, what's her name? Mission. Thank you. Yeah, Mission Veil. I'd probably end up like consider cutting their roles just because of how much it kind of sidesteps Terrace, which may or may not be a popular opinion, but I think just in the terms of like telling a like getting getting a full like plot point um climax and resolution that would probably be necessary to me. Um and, and that kind of leaks over to my second film idea where if we spent the entire second film hopping three three other star for, yeah three other star maps you would want the second film to like come back and be better than the first one and so i would want to say that like narrowing it down to maybe just one other piece maybe two other pieces of the star map total and kind of like bring up the excitement of getting through the different labyrinths to find those star maps. And then, yeah, maybe with the second movie ending with Revan finding out that he's Revan, and then use that to kind of cliffhanger bring bring the uh, the third movie to, like, the what are we going to do about the Star Forge and, and the conclusion to the story there. Um, that's kind of like my rough sketch idea of what I would do to handle the trilogy. Um, just also trying to think of like the most successful way to keep people's interest to go from film to film. Cause I, I don't think like every character that you is your companion in the KOTOR game needs to be in your party a hundred percent of the time. But I do think like that each character they incorporated at least adds something. Even if like in the case of T3 and 4 that it's just a bit of that Star Wars flavor. But in a future episode, I think two episodes from now, we're going to be talking about the... I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. Sorry, it's been a while. But we'll be talking about the dramatist personae of Knights of the Old Republic and just kind of like what each role could bring to the table and where they could make the most emphasis and like how to plot out good stories for them. But anyways, um, for a KOTOR trilogy, funnily enough, I think the film that was easiest for me to know the, the beginning, middle and end is, would be the third movie, which is usually 
it seems like most trilogies, the third is usually a step down. But for me, the hardest, the hardest movie to kind of figure out and crack would be the first movie, like The Hero's Journey. And I think part of that might be because Terrace in the game takes a long time compared to the rest of the game and the rest of the planets, I would say. And I do think, like, it has some good world building of the Knights of the Old Republic era and a lot of characters are established there. But I think, like, in a movie, you would begin in space. Kind of like how we were talking about in episode 30. Like, as opposed to... A New Hope's pursued ship, you're on a sinking ship and you have to get off and you get marooned on Terrace and there's a Sith quarantine. So I would say you begin on the Endar Spire and it, throughout the movie you have a heroic journey uh, with Revan and the companions. And I would say, for the sake of keeping things interesting, I would say... Keep Terrace maybe the first third and maybe first half of the movie at most. Maybe just so people can kind of see the different levels. But you don't want people to get bored, you know? And I think Terrace could be interesting because it's kind of like a Coruscant that gets destroyed. And... While you see a little bit of world building in Attack of the Clones on Coruscant and in the Clone Wars, you, you don't get to see as much. And I think like the the different levels are, are interesting. Um, but I would say you get Bastila maybe around the 40 minute mark and then leave as soon as possible. Get off Terrace and go to Dantooine. And... Dantooine is also kind of interesting to crack um, because it's kind of like you're in a remote bit of nature kind of after such a big um, corrupt cityscape planet. But the vibe you kind of get on Dantooine is that it's kind of like a world of adventure for Jedi but you're not being told everything. So there's kind of like, it, it's pleasant, it's peaceful, it looks beautiful, but I'm being thrust into this journey that I don't quite understand, and I feel like there's more to the story. And Karth's paranoia kind of plays into that, I, I think. Um, and I would have them maybe discover the first star map, but maybe it's not a star map, it's kind of more like, just kind of like a guide to be like, this is like, X marks the spot, like, this is where you need to go. And then where you began on Terrace, which is like a jungle of a city, you have a jungle of a jungle. Just to kind of have some parallelism comparing cities to, like, nature, you know? And then I would, like, kind of just play up the Wookiees, like, nature versus, like, Zerka Corporation and find the first star map, everything's a-okay. 
maybe Jolie would be at the end or maybe he'd be at the beginning of the second movie, but we'll figure that out later. Um, and then you have the, maybe you could like have a climactic battle and maybe have Bastila use battle meditation so you see it, not just hear about it. And just kind of have a little bit more of a climactic battle so like you kind of feel like, oh, we did stuff, you know? Like maybe Kalo Nord and Darth Bandon team up and there's a big duel, but the Team Ebonhawk is successful and things are looking up. It's a, it's a good hero's journey, you know? And then I would say like the genre I would like to see in the second iteration would be kind of like that adventure, treasure hunting, Indiana Jones kind of vibe. Um, because, I mean, you're literally kind of hunting down, like, ancient star maps and trying to find a big MacGuffin, you know? And I would start that one off, like, on Tatooine, I would say, because I feel like it's a good character-building planet. And maybe they wouldn't use Tatooine, maybe desert planets are overused, but... At least, like, what happens on Tatooine could happen first. And then I would have Manon. Because I think it's interesting. Because it's like a planet where the Sith and Republic are kind of in a cold war. Because they both want that cult tell. And I think it symbolically in a story could kind of talk about some people's allegiances like with the lighter dark side like Revan, Bastila and other characters that kind of fall to the dark side or come to the light like you could kind of have some fun with that and the ocean kind of um, contrasts nicely with Tatooine Maybe, maybe you'd want to see Kashik in the second movie, just so there's, like, more worlds, but then before they're gonna go uh, to the the third star map world, there's the, there's the Leviathan, and then you kind of have that reveal, um, Bastila is taken captive, and how I would actually end the movie is... I would just have Basla kind of be in not a great headspace because she was kind of lying to Revan. And if you kind of listen to her, you kind of know, like, she's gonna fall to the dark side. So for me, it's not much of a cliffhanger to be like, I wonder what's gonna happen to Basla. And then you see, like, her tortured forever in a third movie. And then it's like, oh, cool, she went to the dark side. Like, I would rather maybe kind of, like, end the movie with, like, showing her trying to defeat Malik any by any means necessary. And, like, maybe in her anger she tries to use battle meditation, but maybe, like, the Jedi fleet came to rescue them, and in her anger by using the dark side, like, she accidentally kind of takes out, like, some, like, a big chunk of the Republic, you know, and, like, that kind of messes with her. And she kind of turns to the dark side, or even if it's just kind of a smaller thing, where she kind of realizes, like, 
that the council is not as good as, like, she's been saying it is, you know? So I would just end it, like, with her going to the dark side after, like, Revan and, like, the Ebon Hawk had to leave and Revan has to kind of grapple with, like, okay, I'm literally Revan, like, what am I gonna do with this? And you could end with, like, maybe his face in part shadow, part light, you know? That's fun. The third movie... I would actually maybe start it out with a flashback, um, kind of explaining how, through Bastila's point of view, like, how Revan came to have his memory wiped. Kind of like, the, you kind of have the Jedi Strike team battle, and you kind of see how it happened, and it's kind of like the truth that Darth Malak said in the movie is confirmed through Bastila's point of view because Bastila and Revan are still kind of connected even if they're like not necessarily on the same team at the moment and that's how I would start it out and then I think Revan has to go to Korriban and kind of be confronted with all the Sith stuff and kind of he has to dig deep down and realize, like, and think about, like, who am I? What do I want? Where where am I going from here? And maybe he doesn't necessarily become, like, you know, like an Obi-Wan Kenobi character, but he's like, I'm at least allied with the light side, you know? Or at least I'm gonna just try to redeem Basla and, like, make sure she doesn't fall down the path that I did, you know? And then they end up finding Lee Han. You can maybe kind of play with Lee Han a bit. Because it's an island planet. Maybe at the first there could be a storm on it. So it's kind of like, it looks a little bit more eerie. But at the end when things are resolved, it can be all sunny, you know? Um, that's just kind of something I was thinking. And then the Star Forge, you could um, have that battle... And, yeah, I would definitely say it ends on a high note, and it would be a redemption rather than a fall, but I think that KOTOR has an original trilogy story set in a prequel trilogy universe, and you definitely have an existing and highly acclaimed story with a great trove of characters and it breaks down into a trilogy well and I think Disney and Lucasfilm uh it would be good for them to adapt this property and I think that KOTOR works well with the pattern that Lucas established as well as the ring theory I would say and because the setting is 4,000 years before the Skywalker saga you could reinvent the visuals and the sound design so things are a bit different, but um, one thing I wonder, uh, I would like to hear from like Astro and Coden is, do you think that the format that all three trilogies have used should be used in the future, or is that too ingrained in the Skywalker saga and maybe it's time for just a different format? I think uh, myself, I'd be okay with a different format. 
Um, I know, I believe with uh, Rogue One and Solo, uh, both, uh, neither of those had the crawl um, and both felt a little bit different, not Rogue One so much, um, but Solo definitely felt a little bit different. And I think I would be okay uh, with going a little bit of a different direction cinematically, um, just to kind of separate this from the uh, what we'd seen with the Skywalker saga. Uh, just give it a little bit of a different feel, you know, not... Not, you know, off the rails, you still want it to feel like a Star Wars movie, but I think that they would have some liberty to uh, maybe make some uh, different decisions, uh, you know, cinematically and just kind of the way that the, the movie plays in terms of, you know, different flashbacks and um, maybe montage sections, things like that. I think for me, the the opening sequence as kind of the traditional Star Wars sequence works really well for KOTOR. I mean, in the game, you got the opening crawl. It tells you a little bit of the prologue, kind of what to expect to see in the opening scene. And then it, and then it then like moves, it transitions over to the space battle. I I think that does work pretty well with KOTOR, but as far as the, like the trilogy format goes, where you got like the hero's journey and then like kind of the adventure film and then the resolution, I, I think that, that can be shaken up a little bit because I think what's important is the first film is like a really good like self-contained story that people would want to have a follow-up for and then have the follow-up just kind of be that kind of like the continuation almost like a, a re like a restart but a continuation of the story that then leads into the conclusion story which is the third film and um, and please, can we can we stick with one storyline for all three movies and not not change our minds through the second movie, please? It's hard because I think Kotor, the way it was written, it was meant to kind of kind of parallel the original trilogy and a bit of the prequel trilogy. I think how you could shake things up is definitely play up like kind of the different look and sound and different universe and just kind of stick to the great twist I would say and just like embrace the different time period and it's just a whole different galaxy you have a whole bunch of Jedi a whole bunch of Sith and there's a whole bunch of Mandalorians and the status quo is definitely different from the Skywalker saga so uh, even if, like, there's some beats uh, within the trilogy format that I think would be the same, I think they wouldn't be overshadowing, and I think the story stands on its own that I don't think most people kind of realize that the pattern exists in all the trilogies. That So I think I would be kind of comfortable with this pattern as long as they're adapting a good story and just really not taking the, the the universe and setting for granted and kind of like kind of pushing the edge and trying new things with sound design uh different visuals just have fun with uh kind of creating a new feel to the galaxy i'd have to away. agree with just finding a new like visual template i think the only the only ship that translates over to the other film is the hammerhead corvette because like technically speaking at the time that was kind of like the the big 
kind of like the mega ship of the era other than the Sith interdictor. And so, but both these ships are technically very old tech compared to the, the prequel and the, and the regular and the sequel trilogy. So it, it would be kind of cool to see like the, in some way or another, the Hammerhead Corvette kind of being shown as kind of like the, the pride of innovation. But then around it, you kind of see a lived in universe of just very rugged um, kind of like solutions to space and things. That's what I, that's what we think uh, would be good. Let's just take a quick break. And when we get back, we will talk about the KOTOR cinematic universe. Just one thing I was kind of thinking of for fun is like, why should you stop at KOTOR? Astro and Coden, like, what other films would you like to see from the Knights of the Old Republic era? Um, I was uh, thinking about this a little bit, and I actually think um, the way uh, Knights of the Republic is kind of a nice contained story. Um, then you go into Knights of the Old Republic 2, which is a little bit more um, kind of open ended. It's, you know, I think it's. I think it's set five or ten years in the future after the end of uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So I actually think it might be interesting to do um, like the trilogy for the the first game, Knights of the Old Republic, um, and then transition into like a television series for Knights of the Old Republic too, um, which you could just you know call the Old Republic. But it would kind of explore um, kind of that period directly after Knights of the Old Republic. Um, but then you would get to learn a little bit kind of about Darth Treya, um, how Nihilus is coming into power. Um, and it lets you explore that a little bit more and a little bit more open-ended. Um, like I said, cause the second game didn't really have a complete resolution. We never got that third game, unfortunately. Um, but I think a TV series coming off of, uh, the trilogy, I think would be a really interesting, uh, kind of way to tell into that new story. I'd have to agree with Astro a little bit on this because the, the story beats of KOTOR 2 have it almost feels like a updated version of KOTOR 1 with a heavy emphasis on like the the whys of the force and and just kind of like the kind of like the perspective morality of the force and so I too would rather see something completely different where we where we look at the world of KOTOR 2 and and have you know, have some certain characters like, um, like Nihilus and them in part of the TV show story, but I would, I would like to see just more like, kind of like how the Mandalorian does where you've got a bunch of these like one-off episodes told in the, in like the particular world, but we don't have to stick with one or two characters. Maybe we can, maybe we can follow a, a large assortment of characters over the course of a season or multiple seasons in the world of KOTOR. Yeah, that's that's what I was um, thinking, because 
in that period, if they're, you know, going around hunting down the Jedi, I think that that would be um, kind of a really interesting way to tell it. Like I said, in like a, a television series that basically would allow you to explore any sort of, you know, area of of that you know it's you'd still kind of tick the boxes of these characters we want to learn more about but just kind of the the world building of that time period i think would would be super interesting i also feel the same about sotor uh where but sotor kind of opens up the possibilities of getting more in depth of the other faction the sith faction and being able to have a like fleshed out sith faction character and or multiple characters and and kind of their perspective of the war versus the republic perspective part of me i i just wonder like do you adapt the released version of knights of the old republic to do you adapt the restored content version do you adapt a completely kind of a hybrid of those a new version would it be a movie would it be three movies or a tv show and then would you adapt like your own third kind of wrap-up trilogy or movie or tv show so uh, i kind of have no idea what to do with knights of the old republic 2 some days i'm kind of like yeah disney plus show and then sometimes i'm like oh it needs to be on the big screen uh, but one thing I kind of worry about is just Disney would be like, people like that Darth Nihilus. He has an iconic mask. What if we just uh, bring him into the first kind of movie because we want to sell that Funko Pop, you know? And it's like, I, I just kind of worry about that sometimes. I guess some other, like, the way I've kind of described, like, my ideal KOTOR cinematic universe as I see it, like, right now, is I would like to have the first game for sure adapted into a trilogy. And then if some people were kind of upset that some of the side quests were cut out, you could maybe have, like, a Galaxy of Adventures cartoon-style animation show with a mission in Zalbar. Kind of like the fun, like, kind of kitty, you know, characters. And, like... They could do kind of their own thing if they're not necessarily, like, in all three movies 100% of the time, you know? Because in my mind, uh, I would have Mission and Zalbar, like, kind of have a new family, find a new home on Kashyyyk. Um, Because I I do like the Mission character. I think she kind of represents, like, the kind of childlike... Um, innocence and she's kind of the biggest link to Terrace you have but I don't think you necessarily need her like in the second and third movie the whole time but um, I, I do think like she does bring a lot to the universe but and then after the the first trilogy's been adapted I think you could definitely have like the Mandalorian Wars cartoon or something where that kind of shows some that kind of shows more of the exile and the kind of like the background of like Revan, Malik, and um, Bastila kind of the lead up to maybe you could like end it like 
their siege of Mandalore could be like the Jedi strike team. I think that'd be cool. And then whatever the second iteration and third edi- third iteration would be. And then I I suppose you could adapt uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, but that's how I would do it. Um, any other comments from Astro or Coden? No, the only other um, thing that I uh, think would be good in terms of the storytelling was would be to do um, like a Marvel uh, run comic of the Mandalorian Wars, um, and you get a little bit more information about you know, Clan Ordo and um, kind of Revan and Malik in the fall, um, maybe get introduced to to Bastila, um, like you said, learning her battle meditation. But I think that that plays really well into a comic book, um, just visually um, and able to tell kind of those uh, more niche stories uh, about the war. I think that would be a good uh, storytelling medium for that. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd say that like to not shy away from other forms of media to tell like the bigger picture i think is a great idea because for for a movie i want to kind of be taken on a ride and and like you know hit all the points that make sense and flow with the kind of like the told story and then if i want to i can go back and do a lot of digging on whatever subjects i want to dig on like mandalorian wars or some of these kind of like off the wall side quests um, especially especially with the idea of KOTOR 2 kind of turning into a, a TV show, like some side quests that don't make it into a show, um, being able to see that in a comic or novella form, uh, I think would add a lot to kind of like the expanded universe, which I think uh, could use a lot of help um, since, since some of it is no longer relevant. I mean, in the future, I think we'll talk about the, the old... Knights of the Old Republic comics that kind of had a little bit of the backstory of the Mandalorian Wars and Revan and Malak, but for me it kind of ended too early, in my opinion. But Not to mention the Revan novel yeah, that so. didn't do a great job about the kind of bridging at all. Yeah, I think the Revan novel, we'll talk about that eventually too, um... It's just not my favorite. I think they just wanted to get on to the Old Republic, and they're like, what about the beloved characters of Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2? And they're like, ah, we don't care. Kill them off. Or, you know, just they get old and die, and no one cares. You Let know? the past die. Uh, it, it, so I try to like the Revan novel. I, I try to be open-minded, but we'll get there one day. So, but yeah, um... Any other comments, Astrodroid? Uh, no, I think um, in terms of uh, kind of that universe, I think that um, that's what I'd like to see. Um, some more television shows, maybe some maybe some comics. But yeah, I think that's. I yeah, I think it's a it's a rich. It could be a rich branch of the Star Wars universe, and I think Disney and Lucasfilm would be wise to tap into it. Um. So where can our listeners find you, Astrodroid? Uh, so you can find me on Instagram, and my handle is astro underscore droid underscore. Um, and I just, I'm on there, I post, I uh, just try to post something different about uh, Star Wars every day. So, you know, be it collecting stuff or, you know, whatever films or TV shows or books I'm reading, 
Um, just just a little bit of Star Wars every day. So yeah, come find me on Instagram, Astro underscore Droid underscore. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It was it was a great podcast. Um, but yeah, speaking of Instagram, uh, you can find us on Instagram at Ebon Hawk Podcast, and our podcast, The Ebon Hawk, can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as everywhere else that Anchor Podcasts are distributed. Subscriptions, reviews, and shares help us out. And our email is ebonhawkpodcast at gmail.com. You can email us your questions and business inquiries there. All right, and then you can find me on Twitch, Instagram, and Twitter just by searching Code and Bond. And uh, typically, if you want to talk to me live, that's going to be on the Twitch. And so you just follow either the Instagram or Twitter to find out when I go live Thursday evenings, usually around 6 or 7 p.m. Mountain Standard. Um, but um, there, you know, play some... Um, this week, it's either going to be KOTOR or some Squadrons, depending on uh, how uh, how much your figures fill in. So we'll... Uh, We'll let you know on Thursday. Our intro and outro themes were composed by Alistair Shorman. He can be found at alistairsounds.wixsite.com forward slash Alistair Sounds. Our transition music was composed by Christian Walker, and he can be found at christianwalkermusic.com. This has been the Ebon Hawk Podcast. May the Force be with you. We will be back soon. Bye for now. <laughs>